0: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes
1: and fees may vary.
0: Weecho, welcome to the Hurricane Hotline. How are you?
1: Joe, I'm doing great, man. How you doing, buddy?
0: So far, so good. Uh, before we um, dive into Hurricanes baseball, I'm surprised more people didn't knock on your door for this. Uh, <laughs> Sean Purdy was your teammate, was he not?
1: Yes, he was. He was absolutely my teammate. And it's, uh, it's an interesting story because all my friends, you know, I keep talking to them. I'm like, yeah, I'm going for the 49ers. Of course I am. Sean was a right. teammate of ours. He was our ace. back. You remember back in 91, he was the ace of the staff, uh, came from Indian River, and, and was one of those bulldog-type pitchers on the mound. And much like his son now, you know, he's just one of these guys that has a high degree of confidence. Uh, so it was good to watch that run. And unfortunately for him and, and the Niners, they didn't finish the way they wanted it. But what a great story that's been.
0: Uh, I, thought his, I thought Brock was a lot like Sean. To be honest with you. Yeah. I always thought there was something pretty special about Sean when he pitched. And you know what it was? I always felt like when he was on the mound, you were gonna win.
1: Yep, yep. And, and it's that, that level of confidence he had and, and again, not not gifted with a six four frame, but he had a great great arm through through well, through inside, through outside. But more important, like I said, he just had this level of confidence as you just said, and and you know, you can see Brock play football, a different sport, but it's almost the same thing as the guys rally around him and and it does look like you're looking at Sean Purdy all over again. They look the same.
0: Let's see. As we go down uh, memory lane, Fabregas, Charles Johnson on that team, right?
1: Yep. Yep, 91. Okay. That was Frazier's uh, – it was not the last year, the next to last year. Fabregas was on that team, Charles Johnson, which had a great year that year. Mike Tozar, I believe, was playing second base. Our former coach, Dino Damari, was was an outfielder. got hurt early in the year. I actually ended up playing right field that year. Because uh, if you remember the opening weekend, California uh, was in town and, and Frank Mora and Gino Damari collided in the outfield, both mm-hmm. pretty much out for the year. And, and I, I got put into right field and, and ended up playing uh, most of the season in right field that year. But a pretty good team. Chris Anderson was a shortstop that year. Uh, pretty good ball club.
0: Yeah. You know, I think Maurice Crum was on that team, a linebacker.
1: Yeah, that's right. He was actually drafted that year yeah. for baseball.
0: <laughs> Left-handed hitter. Um, all right, let's bring it back to uh, to uh, this year's team. JD Artiaga, uh, head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, congratulations, JD! Well done. Uh, we root for JD. Uh, orange and green. What What are your thoughts of of JD making that move as uh, from pitching coach now to the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes?
1: Yeah, Joe, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I think for J.D., number one, I, I couldn't be happier for him. Uh, I think it's well-deserved. I, I do think uh, he, he deserved the opportunity to be the head coach. Obviously, he, he means so much to this program uh, as a player and as a coach. He's been around so much success. So I was happy to see that, that they went out and they looked and they did a national search. Uh, so for the fans out there, they thought they didn't. They did take their time with this one, did a national search, and they went back and said, hey, the, the best guy for this job is, is right under our nose, so we're going to go J.D. Um, but, you know, what, what I'm really impressed with, you know, with J.D. is he's put himself, he's surrounded himself with a pretty good staff. I mean, when you look at some of the coaches he's brought in, he's brought in some former head coach experience. He's brought in, you know, Major League World Series experience. He's brought in a guy from uh, the, the professional ranks uh, as far as one of the best instructors in all of the Boston Red Sox organization and an infield coach. Um, you know, and he's obviously kept you know, Jonathan Anderson, which I think is a key, part of that staff so he's done a great job of surrounding himself with great talent on the coaching level which i think will give him the ability to be the head coach not not have to worry about so many of the things you have to do as an assistant so i'm very impressed so far
0: i probably should dive into this a little bit because talk about it on the telecast i guess and, and and it's always one of the more frustrating subjects to me because i don't think uh fans understand college baseball is not a full scholarship sport but now it gets even more interesting. Um, I don't know if this closes the gap or makes it worse because now you have NIL. So does, and does NIL, I guess we don't really know just yet, but for private schools like Miami, can NIL close the gap or does it make it worse? Because public schools already have that advantage where, where, it just doesn't cost as much to play baseball. Face it, some kids have to pay to play.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I, don't, I, I think it's the same whether it's public or private. I'm not sure it closes the gap any or, or makes it worse. Uh, I really think it comes down to, to the local uh, collectives at each school and, and how they manage it. Uh, I'll tell you what it does do. I think you're going to see more players that might have gone pro stick around because now there's money and it's starting to bleed into the baseball sport. So, you know, you think of NAL everyone goes right to football and they go to basketball. Uh, But you're starting to see that in the baseball ranks. And I think players that maybe would have said, I'm going to sign, I'm going to go pro. They're going to start sticking around a little bit more. So I think what's going to happen is it's going to improve the quality of baseball at the college level, because some of these guys are not going to go pro, but I'm not sure that Miami has an advantage or disadvantage compared to other schools. I think that really comes down to, you know, how well these or, these universities are organized. Well, really not the university because it's not the university that does this. This just an outside entity that does this.
0: Right, right. Um, where do you think J.D. leans this year? It's going to be a new roster, a lot of changeover, kind of a transition type of season. Where do they find their strength?
1: Well, it, you know, it's an interesting team. Uh, when you, you look at last year's roster, uh, and, and that's, probably why a lot of fans were disappointed in the finish because they had as good a talent as they've had the last maybe five to ten years. It uh, just didn't get hot at the right time. They kind of got cold down the stretch. But there's a lot of really big names that left the program. Yo-Yo Morales uh, obviously being the biggest of those names. But, you know, shortstop Patelli did a great job there. That's going to be a big void as well. So when you look at this year's roster, I, you know, you have a pretty good mix. So there's a lot of young guys that they're, that they're going to have to step up but You have a good amount of experienced guys that have been playing for the last couple of years, but they have never been counted on to be the guy. Like, n- none of these guys that are coming back have been the guy, with one exception. Um, so, someone from that class, whether it's Dorian Gonzalez, Carlos Perez, Diegas, you know, Carrier, who, who had such great high expectations when he stepped on campus, you know, it's going to be interesting to see which one of those guys step up. Uh, they did get a, a big uh, transfer from Wake Forest and Lucas Costello a local product out of Westminster. He came back to finish his college career here in his hometown. Uh, he's had an impressive uh, spring. I just watched him doing the alumni game this past weekend where he had, I think he had two balls out. I saw the first one. So someone told me he hit another ball out later in the game. Uh, so there's there's a lot of talent on that roster. And then you have a lot of young guys that, 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 that someone's going to step up. So I, I think JD's done a good job of constructing that roster. And then the big name that everyone thinks about is what kind of years Blake Sear going to have. Blake Sear, right. of course, one of the best freshman years since maybe Pat Burrell when he was back here. Um, But Blake had a lot of guys in that lineup protecting him last year. Now he's going to be expected to carry a a big part of that production um, and not maybe have the same lineup around him as he did last year. Not to say that some of these guys I mentioned can step up and and be those guys, but that's going to be that big question mark early in the year. Who's going to be the the one that steps up and and, and replaces a yo-yo, replaces – uh, um, a patali, and now that you have to have one guy replace those, it's got to be collectively. You know how do we replace that production?
0: I think it was. Um, it's also interesting you brought it up at the end of last season, and you're right. Um, I always think that sometimes you're right. They did not get hot at the right time, and as, uh, end of seasons sometimes get overanalyzed. Look at Milwaukee, and now the Milwaukee Bucks. They changed their coach twice. But they, they had one of the the, the greatest players you know, in in the history of the NBA and went out early in the playoffs last year. The Heat knocked him out. Uh, And then the Heat, who kind of struggled through their regular season, end up in the NBA Finals. So sometimes you're right. End of season is when you want to get hot. And maybe this team this year is going to grow up as the year goes on.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Joe, what happens when you look at sports and basketball is a great uh, example of it, uh, there's so much parity in sports now, um, where where it's it's not just you rarely see that dominant team that you say when the season starts they're just going to dominate and they're going to win it. Um, you know, college baseball is, is obviously you know you never know who's going to win it, right? So what has to happen is you, you gotta as a team grow, you gotta get better, but you have to have some luck on your side and you got to be playing your best baseball, you know, going into that May and June. Uh, and and you've seen it. You've been covering baseball for a long time. You know it's not always the best team that wins. It's the team that's playing the best baseball come the end of the year. So it's a long journey, uh, and it'll start this weekend for the Hurricanes. And and you know hopefully for them uh, they find that 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 consistency throughout the year, but they end up playing their best baseball when it matters most, and that's in, in May and in June.
0: Uh, Gay Zeal comes back. He was a Bulldog last year. Kind of got off to a a rocky start. As the starter, but finished up eight and four um, through ninety-two innings, had sixteen starts. What are your thoughts on him this year?
1: Yeah, I, I like him. I, I think I love him on the mound. Uh, every time he goes out there, you know you're you're going to get uh, a good performance. He's one of those guys that gives you typically six, seven innings. Uh, goes right after hitters. As you mentioned, he did struggle early in the year, but I thought he settled down nicely and, and became the clear-cut ace for that staff. Uh, another year under his belt, I would expect to, for him to be a better pitcher this year. So I think for the Hurricanes, uh, it's great to have him go out there and, and, and be your ace. Um, I, I'll tell you, when you think of the team this year, this is the one area that, that's probably the biggest question mark, but it's the one that I'm most excited about is the pitching staff. Because last year they really had a lot of inconsistency on the starting rotation, you know, with the exception of Zeal down the stretch. Uh, this year, you know, led by Zeal, Rafe Schlesinger's had an amazing fall and a great spring. Um, and he's just downright nasty right now. And and if you remember Rafe, when he first came on campus, had a lot of trouble with his control. Uh, we saw him late in the year, Joe, and you and I covered some games where he just looked nasty. And, and you know, he's gotten better in the fall, gotten better in the spring. I think you might be a, see some surprises out of Rafe and there's this kid that just transferred in from Dade, uh, Henrik uh, Hernandez, another left-hander who, who was drafted by the Reds. Uh, I think with Gage, Rafe, and, and Henrik, you're going to have a pretty good one-two-three punch. Uh, so if they perform the way they have in the fall and the spring, uh, they, hurricanes might surprise some people because it all starts with pitching.
0: Closing games out, Andrew Walters. We got accustomed to him. Andrew's no longer here. Brother Brian injured his arm a year ago. Um w- where do you think uh, JD goes when when the game is on the line?
1: Yes, so so the bullpen it, it's tough right now. You're, you're probably going to have mostly a committee uh, bullpen by committee early on. They're expecting Walters or hoping Walters to get his health back and it'd be back somewhere in late March. That would obviously be a huge boost for this ball club. Uh, you know, so the names like Drew Dreyer are, are a transfer from Lynn who should help on the back end of the bullpen. I think you're going to see that name a lot early on, given an opportunity. But it, it's, you You really don't know yet. I think this is going to be one of those seasons where it, it won't be uh, a clear-cut closure like we've seen in the past. Uh,
0: the the schedule, uh, the beginning of the year, we're going to see the Florida Gators. Gators, by the way, just gave uh, Kevin O'Sullivan a contract for about, I don't know, another 25 years or so.
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're, they're doing a pretty good job with him, so they're going to keep him around. But, uh, yeah, you know, you talk about schedule. You know, th- this Hurricane baseball team – uh, they don't really mess around early on you know, they got usually a, a lighter schedule for the opening weekend, but then they jump right into it. And as you mentioned those Gators will be in town March 1st, second and third. Uh, so I, I know all three games will be on TV and you and I, I think are covering one or two of those. Uh, but it's going to be a tough schedule They're on the road this year to play Florida state. Uh, Florida state had a down year last year, but I think another year on the link Jarrett's uh, belt will, will help that uh, team. Uh, so, you know, ACC is never easy. Uh, you, you, like we said, we have a lot of questions to be answered with this, this, this roster this year, especially the turnover they had over last year. Uh, but I, I, I tend to be bullish on this team. I think there's, there's a lot of things to be excited about. Uh, and it starts at the top with JD Arteaga. And you we, were mentioning schedule. I don't want to skip, you know, they're going to, to Notre Dame this year in, in March. Right. And uh, I remember '94, I think you were with us, Joe. We went to, to Notre Dame in '94, in April and we ended up playing uh, a couple baseball games in seven degrees of weather. And that was in April, so hopefully they get better weather this year when they go in, in March.
0: Yeah, the funny thing is they actually gave Miami some home ACC games earlier in the season when the weather's generally pretty good here rather than yep. you know, early in the season. Maybe maybe they figured that out like Major League Baseball. But the ACC, it's right there with the SEC, right? I mean, Wake Forest got into the maybe the semifinals last year, the Final Four, I guess it was. Uh, Florida got in there uh, with LSU, but uh, it's probably going to come down to the SEC and the ACC.
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, when you look at historically, you know, over the last decade or so, you got those two the conferences just beat themselves up, and there's so many good teams in there. Uh, it's where before maybe it was, you know, if you're a good team that you'd made the conference, the, the conference tournament. Now, just getting into the tournament sometimes becomes a challenge for some of these programs. Uh, and, and again, Miami. When you look at their schedule, they have some of the historical powerhouses on their schedule this year. You know, we mentioned Forest Day, which is, a, is an annual thing, but, you know, going up to Notre Dame is not going to be an easy weekend for them. They got Louisville uh, late in the year, you know, tough, tough you know, uh, series for them. Uh, so they, they're going to have some tough games uh, to challenge them. But, again, I, I think this is a team that uh, when the season, you know, comes to an end somewhere in, in, in hopefully June – uh, this team might surprise some some fans around the community.
0: College baseball has made a lot of advances through the years, and maybe some of the big adva- biggest advances are when you go on the road, you're going into some pretty good ballparks against some pretty good crowds.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, back in the day, it, it really you played at home and you played it in front of 6,000 fans, Mark light and the fans that we have here supporting this program have always been amazing. Uh, And Miami's always been a great draw. So whenever Miami travels, you tend to have the better crowds for the opposing team. But as you mentioned, some of these facilities around the country have just really been upgraded over the last 10 years. And and you go out there and many times you're playing in front of 10,000 fans. Um, and, And they're not always the friendliest fans when you're coming in the orange and green. So, uh, but great experience for these for these young men. You know, they they come to programs like Miami because they want to play in front of fans. They want to play in, under the lights and and play in, in, on on TV. And you know, that's what you get when you play for the Hurricanes.
0: You know, you mentioned uh, Carrier early and Carrier earlier. Uh, Blake Sear. Um, is there somebody else in the in that lineup that you think might be in there? Whether it's a Villegas or uh, somebody else that could get in the lineup and really um, offer them a little more offense. Uh, last year, you had, at times, they had a two, three, four, five punch that was pr- pretty darn good. And uh, Carrier came in here with so much so much hype. His third year had an injury. Is there another player that perhaps you're looking at?
1: Yeah, well, there's a couple of players. I, I think from the names that, that are coming back uh, – I think Dorian's had a good fall and a good spring. I, th- I think Dorian, offensively, uh, you're going to see him contribute this year, I think, uh, where, where maybe he hasn't been at that level the last couple of years. So he might be a surprise this year. You know, Carrier, we mentioned Carrier's just got all the talent in the world. It's just about, you know, getting things going. But I think some of the new names uh, to look out for, you know, Kube, uh, you know, young talent, uh, Kowalski, Jimenez, these are some names that. Uh, you'd expect some of these, all three of them, maybe all three, maybe one, maybe two, who knows, but have a pretty big impact as freshmen on this, in the roster. And then I mentioned earlier Costello. I mean, Costello's a, a, a young man who, who's coming in with experience. He, he's a senior, uh, but he, he played at one of the top programs in the country last year for Wake Forest. So he's not coming in here with, with, with a, a small school transfer. He's coming in uh, with Omaha experience. So that'll be a, a good impact in the lineup as well.
0: All right. Well, uh you have the games this weekend? How many games you have this weekend?
1: Yes, sir. You and I, I have, will I have be have Sunday's game. Together. I'm out of town all week. Okay, so yeah. I'm I'm doing Friday's game and I'm doing both games on on Saturday.
0: All right. All right. We, I know we got a bunch of games together. Uh I got a little uh got some basketball conflicts here in February, but I'll I'll be uh I've got Sunday's game and then uh let's see. Next week Oh, Long Island comes into town. I have Friday and Sunday. No, next Friday, the 23rd as well.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look at my schedule, Joe. But what I can tell you for sure, Joe, is that I have some great partners that I work with when you're not here. But no one no one compares to Joe Z, buddy. You're a legend.
0: <laughs> it's because you, I, I gave you, you – I paid you off on that one in
1: milkshakes. <laughs> no, buddy. You know it's true.
0: All right. I'll see you at the ballpark uh acc network extra uh catch we on friday night and a doubleheader on saturday i'll be there on sunday canes baseball is back on friday we look forward to sending uh let look, look forward to uh spending the spring with you and thanks for joining us on the show
1: let's go cool. thank you joe go canes buddy
0: all right that's uh Weecho hernandez we'll continue right after this